Welcome to MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue. In November 2020, MTSU interior design students participated in the ProGlobe virtual conference with institutions in Germany, Portugal, and Canada. The idea was to exchange ideas on sustainable goals, practices, and cultural diversity, especially in light of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our guest is Dr. Christy Julian, Director and Coordinator of MTSU's Interior Design Program and an Associate Professor in the Department of Human Sciences. And three of the students who participated in the conference, Aubrey Davis, Lauren Minster, and Lauren Trimsher. If you have to spend a lot of time indoors, it might as well be a nice place after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. For the 25th consecutive year, a stellar group of unsung heroes were honored at MTSU's 2021 Unity Celebration, held virtually this year as part of the university's annual Black History Month activities. The five community honorees were applauded during a special online broadcast that aired February 11th on MTSU's Facebook and YouTube channels and True Blue TV. This year's honorees were, for education, Sue Alexander, for community service, Violet D. Cox Wingo, for excellence in sports, George Gibson, as advocate of civility, Krista Martin, and for education, Kim Sequoia. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Ladies, welcome one and all. Uh, I'll start with you, Dr. Julian. How did MTSU become connected with this particular conference? I had actually worked on this project for the past six or seven years with my colleagues from Germany, Portugal, Canada, Ghana, Kenya. And so when I came here, uh, we just made an adjustment because of COVID and we continued the project. It was an existing project and we just decided to adapt it to COVID. And we did ProGlobe for Fall of 19. And actually one of the students, Bryce Massey Sr. went to Berlin as a result of that particular international conference. And then this year we couldn't, we had to do a virtual. How was it structured? I understand that students interviewed other students and then they shared their answers with everybody else. We started with an initial um, survey and, and the students had to get learn about COVID and fill out a worksheet. And then they did a baseline cultural interview to kind of get to know the other students in the other countries. And then they did the research topics, which this year uh, we did relationships, socialization, work environment, um, education um, related to COVID and the impact of COVID. So we changed it up a little bit, but basically it was a one-to-one interview with each country, very student driven. They set up the interviews, they set up the schedule, they set up the teams. Aubrey, was the variety of languages ever an issue or was everyone pretty well an English speaker? I think everyone was a pretty good English speaker. Um, The student that I got to speak with was from Germany and I think they have a very good like English as a second language that they take there in their schools, um, with the exception of 
a little bit of an accent, only on like a couple of words. He was really easy to understand. I didn't have any problem. Lauren and Lauren, were you able to understand the students with whom you communicated? I interviewed somebody from Portugal and there was no trouble. He was very self-conscious about using English because it was his second language, but he did great and I had no trouble understanding him and he didn't have any trouble understanding me either. And that was Lauren Minster, now Lauren Trimsher. I also had the same result. Um, I spoke with someone from Germany. He did have a hard time understanding me with my accent, though. And there were a couple of words that he did not know that I said. But for the most part, it was the same as everyone else. They might have all spoke English, but they probably weren't very well versed in Southern, which is a language all its own. Dr. Julian, did the time difference pose any logistical challenges? Yes. The time difference is always an issue because, and the students navigated around it, but we actually have clocks in the classroom with the countries below it so they could see the difference in time zones. For example, it was seven hours for Germany, Difference for Germany, six hours for Portugal, one hour for Canada. So sometimes we have to remind them of the daylight savings time change that that week there where it's it's similar. So we have to post that as an announcement so that they don't miss their interview because they forgot that it was only six hours instead of seven hours. It's because it's evening in Germany when it's morning here. And then so they had to work around that. This year, we had to do it individually, and we weren't able to do the actual teamwork for each category that we've done every year. So it, it was an adjustment. We'll take a break right here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. Terra wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to Terra, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about the ProGlobe virtual conference. It was held in November in which uh, interior design students from various countries, various institutions, including MTSU, got together to exchange ideas. Dr. Christy Julian is the director of the interior design program, and she's with us as well as three of her students, Aubrey Davis, Lauren Minster, and Lauren Trimsher. Dr. Jillian, has the pandemic changed the way interior designers think about their work? Everybody's spending much more time indoors these days, after all. That's something that came up with Canada and the U.S. The the students commented on the fact that we always thought about hospital-acquired infection and high-touch surfaces and materials and finishes before the pandemic, but suddenly interior design is on the radar for everybody and space planning and and it's become much more important to think the types of things that we have to do now. And it was an immediate difference 
uh, as a result of the pandemic. What sorts of ideas did the students put forth? Let's go first to Lauren Trimshire this time. What sorts of ideas did you have to uh, convey? With my partner, we just talked about um, what we were doing differently um, in our houses and when we go out. So we discussed how we were placing hand sanitizer more frequently, um, like after going to the gas station or just coming home, washing our hands and using hand sanitizer, Um, using more hard surfaces um, and high touch areas. We changed that in our projects. Um, We also, in some of our projects, we've changed how close people are. Um, So we had a higher education project where we had to show the distance and desk and how we rotated students out during the week. Um, Certain students would go on certain days and sit in certain areas and vice versa. Aubrey, what did you and your partner discuss? We discussed a lot of I guess like how people are kind of like interacting with each other in their environment. Um, One of the things that was noted is how a lot more people were trying to, to like get out into parks and go bike riding and um, how we can kind of keep that going in our future projects, encouraging more walking or using public transportation or providing um, bike racks at facilities uh, for people who choose to uh, use this new alternative method to, to get to where they're going. So we try to discuss that um, more in our projects and also how we can help the environment around. Because one thing we noticed was less pollution of the normal things that we've noticed, like gloves or straws in the ocean, but disposable mask pollution has gone up, which was really interesting. So we try to address that as well and provide, you know, receptacles for those types of things. Mm-hmm. Lauren Minster, how about you? Um, my partner actually worked in a retail uh, location. And so he talked about the different measures that they took uh, in Portugal um, to mitigate the spread of the disease. So the distancing, the masks and the limiting of customers in the space. Um, So it was interesting to see the amount of uh, similarities we had between the two countries um, as far as getting people back into retail locations. Yeah, I'm wondering if, well, for example, since I've had to work from home and gotten out of the office, I've noticed that uh, it helps me to get away from that darn fluorescent overhead light And I'm wondering if lighting or a change of colors to help people feel less stressed out or any other changes to the interior environment would be helpful for people working from home in times like these. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Lauren Shrimsher. So I actually work at a home furniture store and we see a bunch of people come in all the time asking what they can do working from home now. I like taking a break and going outside, um, giving yourself like a moment to re-energize can help you refocus later. Um, Also setting up next to natural light helps. Um, 
having a good chair helps too with your posture. It can help you maintain focus and have more energy. I'll just say also to add um, to that natural light and um, views of the exterior to bring that nature inside. So if you have a small plant at your desk um, or something like that to, again, bring that nature inside and get that healing environment. They basically <laughs> said what I was going to say. Oh, okay. um, uh, just like, uh, like she was saying, you know, try to bring the outside in. If you can't go outside, it really helps. Uh, plants ground us. So it's always nice to have them around when we can. Dr. Julian, with so many people working from home during the pandemic, is it difficult to get employers to think about revamping their office interiors? I mean, after all, they probably figure, hey, this is a budgetary expense we can save or put on hold for two years from now or something like that. We thought that initially, but then they realized they needed to go into an office to have that structure. So they had hybrid work schedules. And they realized the important, the biggest thing we noticed, and then we've had comments even from the advisory board, is the need for social interaction that they didn't think they needed before. And we have a boost in the interior design industry now because they realize, oh, we need interior designers to do all, they, they understand behavior, they understand space planning. So we were actually a little surprised at how quickly that the architectural and design community adapted to it and so they just shifted the money someplace else, but I, I wouldn't say they said they don't need us. They just thought more of a, where are our priorities now? Where, would, where can we make these adjustments? Now that may be true, different for other regions, but initially we had some downtime with the students lost internships and jobs, but, and that, but a couple months later, they were able to get those jobs back. So um, it's just, we're finding that it's more of a shift and a change rather than we don't need you. So, Is it possible that in a way the pandemic forced them to uh, reprioritize and see how much interior design matters, how much the entire office environment matters? I'm sure the students speak to that. I would say definitely. I even had one of the project managers and owner of another company in the Southeast region make that statement. He says, it's like a shot in the arm for design. It's actually given the design community a boost, not that we needed it, but now they say, oh, we really need these designers to help us make these changes. Lauren Minster. Um, you know, a lot of people think what do your interior designers do is just aesthetic. But I think the health, safety, and welfare of and well-being of the occupants of the building is really where we succeed and where we can impact the people that are in these buildings or in these homes or in these spaces that we design. And especially now, that's where we can sh show our value. Okay, with that being said, we'll take another break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. 
All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research in progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about interior design with three students who went virtually to the ProGlobe virtual conference in November 2020 and uh, interacted with students from Germany, Portugal, and Canada, Aubrey Davis, Lauren Minster, and Lauren Schrimscher, and Dr. Christy Julian is with us. She's director of the interior design program at MTSU. Are there, and this is for anybody who wants to take a crack at it, are there significant cultural differences in the approaches people in other parts of the world take to interior design compared to Americans? For example, I understand that there are some European designed hotel rooms that are much more economical with space than American hotel rooms. And uh, I stayed in a hotel in Toronto for once, uh, just for an example, that's uh, uh, it didn't give you much room to walk around by comparison to what Americans are used to. Are there any other cultural differences you can, you can think of in interior design that you, people from other countries do things a little bit differently? Yeah, Lauren Schrimscher. Um, the most interesting one uh, we, or I learned about in lighting, was that in America, we typically like warmer lights in our homes um, and other cultures really don't. They go for much cooler lights. And I found that very interesting because I really love all of my lamps and my warm lights. So I couldn't imagine having cool light all the time. Aubrey? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that we noticed right off the bat is um, how other people live in their homes. One of the things that's really popular here in America is having really large single family homes with lots of space for everyone to have like their own room. And then we also like to have a really open concept living space for everyone to gather together. Whereas a lot of European homes are smaller. Um, they don't mind living in townhomes and their homes um, are more closed off. Uh, you know, the kitchen separated from the dining and that's separated from the living room. They don't necessarily have as much open concept flooring. And it's not, as far as I can tell with how the trends are going, that's not changing as fast as it is here in America for them. Lauren, Minster? I would echo what they said. Additionally, I know that uh, color has an impact uh, differently for different cultures. And so um, I think it's something to be mindful and culturally sensitive of as you design spaces um, and think about who's going to be there and how they're using the spaces to ensure that everybody feels included and welcome. This is for all the students. When you participate in a virtual conference like this, especially an international conference that is directly on point about your major and your chosen career, uh, talk a little bit about the impact you think that has on 
your portfolio, your resume, your attractiveness to prospective employers after you graduate. Aubrey. I think it definitely has a huge impact on how we present ourselves as designers in the future when we go out to get jobs. I think when we are able to participate with other students from other countries, it shows that we are not only adaptable, but also considerate of other cultures and that we know how to respect one another and work together to get things done. And I think that really speaks a lot about who we are and what skills we can offer whatever company ends up hiring us. Lauren Trimshire. Um, I also think it's important to note that a huge part of what we do is listening to what people would like in their spaces. Um, we were always told that homey to us is not homey to someone else. So it's very important to listen to what your client needs and implement that in the space. So I think this interview process really helped us with that, um, especially since the people that we're interviewing are coming from completely different backgrounds. So it almost like forces you to sit back and listen and understand. Taste is such a subjective thing. Uh, you know, people in most forms of business say the, you know, the customer is always right. But then, you know, the educated professional, whether it's an interior designer or a hairdresser or whoever, has their own concept of what would look best. So you have to navigate that territory all the time, don't you? Absolutely. I think that uh, a lot of times people don't know what they like. Uh, and you have to tease that out of them, like the other Lauren said, by listening. Um, I think that ultimately they're going to be the users of the space. And so while you might be able to bring your expertise and the design tools you have in your tool belt, the elements and principles, um, ultimately it's their space. And so you have to design something that they want to be in and they like to be in. Um, it might not be your taste, um, but that's okay. It's not your space. It's theirs. Dr. Julian, what, what did you personally take from the conference that you believe that you can uh, take into the classroom for the edification of, of other students? How did this enrich you, but professionally and as an, an, an educator? Even though I've done it before with the other colleagues, um, it helped me kind of learn about the group dynamic team structure for the students um, because we implemented um, the structure, the student-generated forms, and um, that structure is critical, and you have to plan and be three steps ahead and plan for a problem, which basically happened. <laughs> this particular project, we meet every three to four weeks as coordinators, even when the project isn't in um, going on, and we're actually planning for the next year. One thing that came out as this, we realized the level of empathy and the things that the students had demonstrated to us in terms of professional etiquette, um, group, um, group structure, task dynamic, ability to work independently, business etiquette, professional practice, their oral and written communication. And we've had this every year. But this particular conference, and I can brag on my students very well, we have a Q&A and a chat. And so they don't have any idea what the questions are going to be from the other countries. And 
I can I can proudly say as a faculty member that they just on the spot were just amazing with the responses to the point that the other coordinators mentioned how eloquent that the U.S. students were and they were saying that they felt it was one of our most successful conferences. Um, one thing I learned of a faculty um, is prepare for a problem because <laughs> have be flexible because uh, sometimes we have connectivity problems or the or the software doesn't work in the classroom or we have a shutdown and the original plan was for them to be in in studio and we had to say okay no that can't happen and we had been in teams before larger teams and we had to change to because of covid we had to change that so i guess the ability to adapt and change and to turn around on a dime and to be an example i give an example we decided um if we got upset, it was reflected to the students. So we had to say, no matter what happens, we can say, oh, it's okay. We planned for this. And then just and then just go with the flow. We literally had a hiccup during the conference with something not working. And instead, um, and I believe that was you, Aubrey, actually. And you just went, because the slide wasn't showing, and you just immediately went to the next slide and I remember the other countries commented that you set the tone so that if anything else happened during the conference, we knew we had a deadline just to, to work through it. And so I guess the biggest thing I learned was, um, one, we're not so different from each other. There's commonalities. And COVID demonstrated we're all in the same boat. I hope that the next ProGlobe conference you're able to actually attend in person but if circumstances don't allow I wish you all great connectivity and uh, <laughs> uh, just as much fun and just as good of a learning experience. Lauren Trimsher, Aubrey Davis, Lauren Minster and Dr. Christy Julian thank you all for being our guest on MTSU on the record. We'll be right back. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The Center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE Advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. An interdisciplinary MTSU team has secured a one-year, $100,000 grant from the Tennessee Board of Regents. The funds will be used to encourage faculty to develop open educational resources, also known as OER, as a way to reduce the cost of textbooks for students. 
Expensive textbooks can be a barrier for some students to continue their educations, but OER textbooks can be accessed online at no or greatly reduced cost. Dr. Cheryl Torsney, Vice Provost of Faculty Affairs and OER Project Director, explains. It's money for us to do this pilot program. This is money for us to develop a website, offer workshops, give out grants to faculty for them to create their their own OER. You know, raise the profile of OER on campus and then look at what we learn, right? We are anticipating that as a result of using these OER, we will have better retention rates which will lead to stronger graduation rates. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.